0: This is Out of Office for March 2017, continuous improvement in distributed teams. Welcome to the Out of Office podcast, where you'll learn how to work from virtually anywhere by using the internet for greater convenience, comfort and freedom. Your hosts are Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira. Hello, Chris. How are you? Really well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? I'm really well. Are you looking forward to school holidays coming
1: up soon? I suppose I am. We're not going to do anything special. I'd probably just do work, but nevertheless, I'm sure we'll have some fun.
0: Yeah, look, we're not doing anything special either. Um, I've had quite a bit of travel in the last few weeks, speaking at conferences, and Nikki's had quite a bit of travel for work, so we're looking forward to having a quiet, relaxing time at home. Sounds good. So today we're going to talk about continuous improvement. So how to get better, which uh, I was actually listening to just by coincidence, Chris, some of our very early podcasts, which were quite, quite many years ago now. And, uh, you know, you kind of cringe listening to what we were doing at the time. <laughs> and, uh, we at the time we thought it was world's best practice, but if you contrast that to what we're doing now, there's definitely an improvement. Still, obviously there's a lot of long way to go, but um, all teams need to have Continuous improvement as part of their part of their natural growth, and uh, and we're talking about here we're talking about the team and the organisation continuous improvement as opposed to professional development for team members, which we've already talked about in a in an earlier podcast. So today we're going to be talking about continuous improvement in your team. How do you make sure that your team and if it's a small business your whole business keeps uh, keeps evolving, keeps growing, and keeps adapting to the, the changing, the change, uh, the changing nature of work as well as adapting to changes within their workplace. So. We're going to assume that you're already doing it, that that you the continuous improvement is a priority for you and your team. So this is not talking about what to do and why you should be doing it, but we're talking about how to do it when you've got a distributed team where not everyone's in the in the same office. And there are both pros and cons, and we'll cover some of those. But for example, uh, a positive is that when you've got a distributed team, quite often you have people from diverse backgrounds, and so you get diverse thinking and different ideas, which helps improvement. Uh, but on the other hand, It's more difficult to get people together because you can't just get them together in the meeting room and talk about how to improve things. So we're going to talk about both sides of that. And broadly, let's break this down into three things. So First of all, the people. So the people in your team, particularly your remote team members, people who aren't in the office with the rest of your team. We're going to talk about the actual processes. So how do you actually do the continuous improvement um, in a distributed team? And then we'll talk about platforms, so the environment and the tools that you need to make this part of your normal workplace routine, rather than just something you do once a year or when somebody thinks about it. So the three things are people, processes, and platforms. So why don't you kick off, Chris, with people?
1: No worries, Gihan. And I think you nailed it just in the intro when you said that with the distributed team, one of the positives is that you've got a diverse group of people working together and you can tap into that diversity in the styles and ways that they work and the ways that they think. So you probably get it with a distributed team, you will have remote workers and they're going to be adept to using cloud-based technologies and tools for collaboration. And they usually have to come up with clever hacks to get around the kinds of technological and organizational barriers that people who are working out of office often confront. So you can tap into that as well. And they're also going to have experience in working in different workspaces. So they'll have worked in perhaps co-working spaces that often have interesting processes and different kinds of technologies available, or they're going to work from a home office. Often the stuff in your home office is better than what you'll find deployed on desktops in the standard office. And they're used to working on the move, so they're going to be adept at using mobile technologies and those kinds of things. And speaking of mobile technology, um, another group of people in your team who like to use mobile technologies is your generation Y. they're digital natives they love to pick up pick up and make use of new devices and tools and techniques and they're fearless in the way that they inhabit and make use of social media so you can really tap into that as well and then at the other other end of the career timeline you probably you might have some some boomers, and they're going to have a lifetime of professional experience and a broad network of contacts and professional um, network that that you can also tap into. And you may have external workers, so you can have some freelancers or some contractors who've had gigs with a broad range of different organisations, and they're going to have had exposure to many uh, a variety of different ways of working that you can learn about. and You'll probably also have people who live in different countries. You might have a global team. So those experiences from your workers in different countries and living in different cultures, they bring those experiences into your environment
0: at work. Yeah, that's right. And you you might have some of that variety already in your office as well, but you get more diversity and variety in a distributed team typically, and the challenge is that that you may not always uh, recognize that. So take the time to to discover first and then share that the talents and experience that you've got. Um, and the reason you might not recognize it is because some of those people might be out of sight. So it really means being proactive. So when you look at your continuous improvement, um, which we're going to talk about soon, then we're looking at things like the the things that aren't working, so be prepared to throw them out, um, the experimenting with new ways of doing things. And all of that is better when you've got a diverse team and um, and we'll talk about some of the uh, some of the pros and some of the cons of that. So let's move on to processes, Chris. Okay,
1: Gihan. and I'll just briefly introduce um Kaizen, which is a Japanese continuous improvement philosophy. And it's probably, well, Kaizen is a Japanese word for improvement and it's most notably practiced by the Toyota company and it's used organization wide. It's used in management, in sales, marketing and on their vehicle production lines. Um, and one of the great examples of how Kaizen works at Toyota is that on the production lines, if a worker spots some kind of abnormality or problem, then they're expected to halt the production line and then work with their line managers to come up with some improvement that's going to resolve that problem. Uh, and stopping a, production, a vehicle production line is an expensive proposition, but Toyota believes that it's more important to fix problems as soon as they're spotted rather than just put up with the problem and tolerate it and deal with it at some later point. Um, and some of the key parts of the Kaizen philosophy that I think are important for continuous improvement um, in general are things like um, any improvement no matter how large or small it is whether it's a one-off or a continuous process or fix um, is considered and, and, and is taken note of and um With Kaizen, everyone gets involved. If you want to find all of the problems in your workspace, in your organisation, then everyone has to be doing continuous improvement. So Kaizen involves everyone from the janitors all the way up to the executive suite. And there's a particular focus on coming up with small ideas because these can be implemented relatively quickly and then you get immediate improvements because you deploy them almost straight away. So that any improvement... Um, is important I think is a key philosophy that everyone is involved is also important and that small ideas that can be deployed quickly are also of value. I think those three things from Kaizen inform the continuous improvement that you can do in a distributed team so what we'll do now is we'll look at things that can be done by individuals and then later look at what your whole team can do together.
0: Yeah that's exactly right and when you talk about individuals this is people sitting at the desk making changes themselves that where they where they see something that they can improve. And, and there are two kinds of these improvements and, and both are valuable and both are worth, worth doing and both are worth encouraging. The first kind is personal where the person only improves their own workplace and their own work practices, their own work techniques. So this is the example where you don't need to stop the assembly line. You can just make a, you can make a change yourself and particularly where you've got distributed teams, where you've got remote team members who are uh, working differently, it's really important to encourage
1: that. Yeah, yeah, Gihan. And perhaps a good example of that is in my own workspace. Um, A few years ago, I adopted the idea of using Work Sprints or it's similar to what people might know as the Pomodoro Technique. So I set a timer for 40 minutes. I work in a focused fashion for 40 minutes. And then when the timer goes off, I take a five minute break. And the idea here is that by um, working in sprints and taking regular breaks, you avoid the mental fatigue that comes if you work for hours on end without taking a break. That's something that I picked up and I've done that myself, but I haven't um, talked to anyone else or or shared that with my team. So. It's something i 've done in isolation
0: yeah that 's right, and that 's exactly the, the next step. so the next step is you 're doing something for yourself or perhaps improving the team process, but you also you suggest it or you even make the change that uh, that everyone in the team benefits from it 's not necessarily getting the team together to come up with the idea it 's an individual who comes up with an idea, but then they can then share it and I remember this happened in my very first job out of uni, Chris, working for a small software company in my very first few weeks. So this is way back in the, well, way back in the, when was it? Last century. (laughs) Yeah, in, in the last century. And, uh, I we would do timesheets for our clients so we could uh, track our time and it was all done by hand on paper and I just wrote this little Unix shell script that would calculate um, calculate times more efficiently and I was just using it by myself. Um, My boss saw me using it one day and he said, "Oh, we should we should use it as a team." And so we all started using that. It wasn't something that the team got together and said, "Let's figure out a more efficient way to do timesheets." It's an idea that I had, but I shared. So it was still an individual. continuous improvement piece, but it was something that uh, then was adopted by the team. And, And the common thing about both those, whether it's personal or whether it's shared, the common thing about both of them is that it's individuals doing that. So it's really important that all your team members Understand that continuous improvement is is part of the job. And um, so they should always be on the lookout for, for problems that need to be fixed um, to report them if they can't do it themselves, but also figure out how to do it themselves if they can. So, so don't just tolerate problems, figure out how to fix them and, and make sure that you as a manager leader um, give them permission to suggest and even make some of the fixes. And this is especially important for your remote workers because they may sometimes feel that is not really part of their job to do that. Uh, they should just be doing the job. So make sure that everyone in the team, especially remote workers, um, feel empowered to make uh, to make suggestions and to even make fixes themselves. And sometimes that just involves experimenting. So try things out and uh, give give people the authority and the time and the, the tolerance to do that, um, so that they they can do it themselves. And also that other people know that sometimes something is an experiment and it may not work. So that's, that encourages that continuous improvement mindset in your team members. And also, if it's something that can, that other people can benefit from, make it easy for them to to share the improvements with other people. And even just sharing an idea, like your idea, Chris, with the Pomodoro technique, sharing it with other people might just encourage them to try it themselves. Not necessarily that they'll adopt it because it may not work for them, but at least they know about it, they're exposed to it. And really, really, really encourage this for your uh, remote team members because uh, they may not think their ideas worthy. They might think it's just something that, uh, that they do themselves, uh, but not everyone else would, uh, not anyone else would get value from it. Um, and also they might think that they might not be taken seriously. Uh, and that's a little bit of a culture of a, of a distributed team that sometimes the remote workers are seen as second class citizens. And one way that you can even that out is simply by asking them to share their, their process improvement ideas with the rest of the team and then they feel like they're more valued and the rest of the team does value them more. And the last thing around that is that uh, people tend to be rewarded for achieving their project goals, for achieving their their task milestones, but make sure that you recognize and reward the people who are also involved in continuous improvement on an individual basis. So, you know, it may be a good idea of the month that's uh, that somebody gets a little award for that and it doesn't have to be a physical award. In fact, you don't want to be posting around physical awards to your remote team members, but it's some sort of recognition um, and it can be... It can be done. Some, it can be done online, but it's surprising how little little you need to do to recognise uh, and reward um, continuous improvement to your team members. So that's what we can do
1: at an individual level. So let's now talk about what your team can do together to um, deploy continuous improvement. So um, there are two kinds or two processes that your team can be involved in. The first is regular review. So that's where you look at the work that you've been doing and do this at natural time. So it could be at the end of the project or if if it's a long project at the end of milestones or sprints, look back at what you've done and see if there's ways that you can improve on your working. Or you can have blitzes and these aren't about the work that you've been doing. These are proactively scheduled to focus on continuous improvement. They're all about continuous improvement. So let's start with reviews. So you get your team together, You've done some work, you look back at what you've done, and you think about what went well, what didn't go so well, and any other observations uh, about the work that you've done, and see if there are ways that you can improve uh, improve upon the last bit of work that you did. If it's a long project don't leave it till the end of the project instead this work is going to be broken down by sprints or milestones so those are natural points at which you can perform these reviews and as I said earlier it's really important to involve everybody that's one of these kaizen philosophies everyone gets involved so all of the people who uh, did that last piece of work needs to be involved in the review if if possible uh, so that you can get the most out of uh, continuous improvement so make the necessary necessary effort to involve your remote workers. It can be harder to accommodate them, to include them, but it's really important that you do so. And you might also consider um, engaging with some of the external stakeholders in the work that you've just done because they're going to bring um, a different perspective. They're going to bring an outside perspective um, on what you've been doing and that can be particularly valuable. So if you're working with freelancers or contractors, try and include them. There might be other people in the organisation that you worked with, or it might even be people outside the organisation, your clients and your suppliers, and they can bring in a, a valuable perspective to the review and help you uh, um, with your improvement. But that logistically can be difficult. With so many people involved in the review, getting everybody together at once uh, might be impossible. So if that's the case, try and get as many people together as possible. Maybe it's not going to be everybody. Um, make sure that you record the outcomes and those sorts of things so that those people who can't attend at least get some insight into what was done. Um, and if you if you can do so, run multiple sessions where you can get one group of people together, but others in a different time zone or who can 't attend can go to those other sessions and get people to think about the review in advance, so let them know it 's scheduled that they 're coming to a particular session and ask them to think about what went well, what didn 't go so well, what else uh, can we what other observations did you um, make note of that we can um, Include in the review and um, make part of our continuous improvement process.
0: Yeah, look, I'll just add one more. I guess a word of caution Chris to all of this so it sounds great to say involve everybody especially your remote workers and get as many people as possible the challenges and this is true for distributed teams in general quite often there's a natural bias towards the in-office team especially if there's a, you know, a reasonable size of, of team within the office so the number of people who come to work 9 to 5 8 to 6 whatever it is Monday to Friday and uh, when you organize things like this like reviews like this it 's almost taken for granted that it 's going to happen at a time that 's convenient for them at a time and a place you know you might have everyone in a meeting room at the same time, and the remote workers are kind of they come in through teleconference or video conference and it 's just not an, an equal playing field, so you' mm. would just be very very careful not to bias things too much in favor of those in office workers um, you, know, you, you might be saying well. We're going to have it at an inconvenient time for some of our remote workers who are in different time zones, so they'll just have to wake up in the middle of the night or um, stay late after normal working hours. But you'd almost never ask your in-office workers to do the same thing. You'd never say to them, you know, come back at 10 p.m., because that's going to be more convenient for all our, for all the time zones that we have to accommodate. So just keep in mind that you're already accommodating, which is a good word that you use, Chris. You're already accommodating your in office workers and just make sure that you do everything possible to give as much of an advantage as possible for your remote workers. And it's not an us versus them thing. It's just making sure that those remote workers feel as much part of the team and part of the continuous improvement process as anybody else.
1: So that's reviews and they are about the work that you've been doing. Blitzes, on the other hand, are all about continuous improvement. So they're focused on um, weeding out bugs and issues. They're done proactively to find problems and address them. So an example of that is uh, a company, a software company called Redgate. They have a Sweat the Small Stuff day. And the idea here is that staff have permission to clean up minor bugs and things in their workplace um, so that they're dealt with and 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 things improve. So here you're you're actually focused on improvement you're not uh, you're not doing it as part of a workflow for a project that you're working on. you're actually um, focused directly on improvement itself.
0: Yeah good. So thanks, Chris. So we talked about the people, so making the most of your talent. We talked about the processes for doing con- continuous improvement. And the third thing is a platform. So what sort of environment do you have to make it easy to do continuous improvement in your distributed teams? Now we, we touched on some of these ideas already, but it's worth talking about them separately. And one of the most important is the idea of time And one of the principles that I teach when I talk about innovation, which also applies to continuous improvement, is that habit trumps discipline. So in other words, if you set aside regular time for doing something, you don't have to force yourself to find the time because we all live in a a busy work environment. It's a challenge to find time for things that aren't that aren't specifically related to immediate milestones. So you have to make it a habit just like brushing your teeth. You always find time in your day for brushing your teeth regardless of how, how busy you are with with other things. So find the time and create time for continuous improvement. As an example, there's a company called URX and uh, they, they have a contrarian office hour, which is every Friday afternoon. They have a meeting where everybody turns up and they've got the, they've got the opportunity and permission to talk about any concerns, any issues, any problems, any even criticisms about how things are done. So they do that in office. Can you do that in a distributed team as well? So perhaps you have, perhaps you do it by regular continuous improvement, teleconference, video conference, webinar, soon virtual reality meeting Mm -hmm. room. Um, or, you set aside time at your at other things that are happening regularly. So if you have a weekly team meeting, then perhaps you have 10 minutes in the meeting to talk about continuous improvement. So you then um, attach it to something which is already happening regularly. But either way, you're making the time for it so that it becomes a habit rather than you then having to find the time later.
1: Okay, so another aspect of your platform is the tools that you use. And obviously with a distributed team, You're going to be using cloud-based software so that everything that your team needs is in one place and it's available to everyone, whether they're in office or working remotely or an external worker. So the kinds of tools that help support continuous improvement are things like incident reporting systems. So here you've got a tool where you can report, track and log problems and things that need fixing and the improvements that need to be made to them. You can also use things like revision control or document version control tools, and these are the tools that you use to manage the changes that you make once you've decided on how you're going to deploy a fix or improvement uh, that needs to be fixed. And lastly, if you've got a a team collaboration tool, if you're using something like Slack or HipChat, then what you can do is set up a channel or a forum that's specifically devoted to uh, where teams can report and discuss and work on problems that, that need to be fixed. So you could have a continuous improvement channel, and when people come up with problems, they might put them into the, um, the incident tracking system, but it's sometimes good to have a place where people can informally discuss these problems and work out what's going wrong and come up with the solutions and then that goes into the reporting system where it's um, tracked and logged formally and then a change is made that goes into the revision control system. So all of these tools um, support that process um, and they need to be cloud-based so that your distributed team is all able to access and contribute to them.
0: Yeah, and I think that that sometimes gets taken for granted, and it shouldn't be. It's uh, if your team is already set up for distributed work, great. But many teams aren't, and the distributed workers or the remote workers have to work harder to kind of almost work around the system to get their normal work done. And if that's the case, then they have to, they're going to struggle even more to do any sort of con- uh, continuous improvement on a team level. Hmm. So the other thing around that is just making sure that not only do you have the tools in place and you had set aside the time for it, but you really do prioritize continuous improvement. So as I said earlier, make sure that you do recognize first and then reward continuous improvement efforts from individuals and from, uh, and from the team as a whole. And make sure it's just part of your regular, uh, it's seen as part of your regular workplace. And just be sure that you haven't set up structures That inhibit continuous improvement. For example, in a distributed team, if you do have external workers or contractors or freelancers, they're often paid either for a fixed fee. So they get paid a project fee or a task fee, or they're paid by hourly rates and they, they seem good. Good options, but they can work against continuous improvement. For example, if someone's paid a fixed fee for doing a task, it doesn't really give them an incentive for looking at other things. So things that are beyond that bare minimum, which are continuous improvement, and it doesn't really give them an incentive to do that. They kind of have to do that on their own dime. And if you do it the other way around, if you offer them an hourly rate, then they kind of you're you're kind of looking at or justifying all the time that they spent and they have to justify it and that again puts pressure on them to keep their their total price down so there's not so much of an incentive so how do you get around that well you might consider something like a retainer uh, which in effect is exactly the same as a salary so most people who are most permanent employees are in effect on a retainer where they're paid the same every week every month and they have to do all their work within that and that means that they're seen as a valuable team member, and they can work on their project work, and they can work on continuous improvement as well.
1: Excellent, Gihan. So I think it's time to wrap things up. So I think just to summarize, what I would uh, go back to is some of those key Kaizen principles. So things like all of the improvements, no matter how large or small, are valuable, and uh, the idea that, that the, the idea that you've got a diverse team in a distributed team is a great way of discovering all of those different improvements because of the diversity in the ways of thinking that your distributed team is going to have, and also to involve everyone. Um, and again, that means making. We've said it many times, and it bears repeating that's make the necessary effort to include your remote workers and to remove barriers for them being involved and to act quickly don't just put up with things that aren't working um, come up with fixes straight away particularly ones that you can deploy um, rapidly so you you yield those improvements quickly
0: yep and um, my last message is really reiterating something I've said earlier which is just make sure that you do it proactively. It's not easy in a distributed team to set up the environment and set up the culture where continuous improvement is a high priority, but it's worth doing because if you don't do it, it's too easy for you to fall behind. And this is one of those things that's, that's obviously true in an in-person team as well, but it's much more of a challenge in a distributed team because it's just so easy not to do anything and you have to put in some effort upfront, but you'll definitely get the returns for that investment later.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Gihan. And we'll be back in about a month's time with another episode of our podcast. And in the meantime, there'll be a blog post on the outofofficebook.com website devoted to this episode with some notes and some links that we've discussed. But until next month, thanks, Gihan, and bye for now.
0: Thanks, Chris. Bye for now. Visit our website at outofofficebook.com, where you can read all our show notes, subscribe to the podcast, and get our book, Out of Office. We wish you all the best in creating the word style of your choice.